With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello and welcome to the Football Fanalytics podcast in association with 23. This is the show that combines our love of football and very average Sunday league playing experiences with our knowledge of football statistics and data analytics. It's episode 35 and we're discussing spot kicks this week. My name is Mark Carey and fresh after seeing him for a pint recently for the first time <laughs> in a very long time, I am joined of course by Ryan Bailey. Ryan, how are we doing? Well, all the better for a pint with you, Mark, obviously. But uh, it was a bit odd, wasn't it, seeing each other in person? I, I, it sort of took me back a little bit, not seeing a little rectangle of your face yeah. in the, on FaceTime. I know, and it felt like we needed to make the most of the time that we saw and actually record an episode in the same room. But alas, we didn't. We obviously no. tried to spend it <laughs> more in a more fun situation, obviously having a pint. And we're, We are back on FaceTime. We are back to FaceTime recording. But um, yeah, how are you, mate? You well? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm pretty psyched, actually. Obviously, uh, Pints with you was good. Uh, we also, I'm still riding high, to be honest, off the episode with Chris Sutton. Uh, we obviously haven't released an episode uh, last week, but uh, still sort of just having nice comments and feedback about it, really, aren't we? It's been it's been really nice, the sort of reception that listeners have had uh, to us talking to Chris Sutton. So, yeah, thank you for nice comments. It was it went down well, didn't it? Absolutely did, yeah. Thank you again, as you say, to, to all of the the listeners for their kind feedback. Thank you again to Chris, of course, for his uh, for his time, and he also retweeted it and shared it, which was which was great to try and you know expand us as a podcast to, yeah, to more yeah. people. So um, yeah, we're we're back to the uh, I was going to say the daily grind, really, but back to just me and you this episode. No uh, no guests, unfortunately. But well, don't put it down, mate. I'm excited about today's episode. Like you mentioned in the intro, there's uh, it's a fun topic today. We're going to be talking about penalties, right? True, yeah, no, I, don't get me wrong, I am really excited for this one, and I genuinely am, because I remember texting you about it to say that, you know, I've got this idea of, obviously, penalties, there's so much we can cover with penalties, but also trying to, I mean, I'm I'm going to threaten to say it now, but maybe look to explain statistically the best place to put your penalty. Ooh. By the end of this episode, we're going to try and see if we can answer that question, but um, yeah, a fun one, there's so much you can unpack with, with penalties, so uh, well, yeah, where do you want to start? Well, I think it'd be weird to not start with me asking you a very important question. 
say you, Mark Carey, are stepping up for England in the World Cup final <laughs> for the fifth penalty in a penalty shootout. If you score, we win the World Cup. It's all brilliant. You're a hero. Where in that rectangular goal that you're looking at, are you going to place <laughs> the ball? How are you going to approach it? Are you going power? Are you going low, high, big moment? How does Mark Carey take his World Cup winning penalty? It's funny, before I actually answer, I've been doing obviously a bit of research ahead of this episode and I saw a study about um, penalty shootouts and it was really interesting. I'm not even going to, I'm going to go straight into the card cold facts here. <laughs> I've not even got going. Um, that, that sort of statistically, as each penalty kind of went by, so the difference between the first penalty in a penalty shootout yeah, and yeah. the fifth one, the, the success rate, as you would imagine, but obviously for increased pressure and all the other things that go with it, the fifth one, the success of the fifth one was far lower than the first one, um, which I found interesting in itself, probably because of the pressure. Right. So when the pressure's on me, fifth penalty taker, I'm stepping up, I would, um, I haven't given this actually that much thought. I, what I would do is probably what I've done as a kid, which was my only way of kind of uh, practicing penalties was that I'd sort of go really straight. I'd, I'd address it really straight. I'd just take a few yards back from... Yeah, coming directly back. Right, okay. And I'd, I'd step How up. How many steps? So I'd, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's, uh, four, let's four say. Four steps. Okay, four steps. Four steps, but I'd take four no angle. Details, Mark. True. I'd take no <laughs> angle on on the sort of the step up, if, that's, if that makes sense. So the kind of right. giving nothing away as to whether I'm going left or right. I'd come square away from it. I'd sort of run at it quite quickly, but I'd open my body up at the last minute and try and kind of go to my right so obviously I'm right footed so going to Your my right, right keeper's the keeper's left. left Yeah, and it would probably go quite high the way that I do it and the aim was to try and get it kind of quite high and almost heading for the side netting right it's probably okay. a high risk high reward I was never that good at it but it's what you'd practice in the park well I guess you're trying to just give the keeper absolutely nothing in the way of know which way you're going to go because you could equally try and sort of drag it couldn't you or stick your laces through it and go left so um, interesting. Slightly, I mean, is that quite hard as a as a as a ten year old Mark Carey? Was it quite hard to uh, to run straight and then you then got to kind of twist and lean back a bit almost, haven't you, to be able to to get round it in that? Because obviously the natural thing would be to be run from the left slightly and then uh, and then sort of just go straight through it on the right. So yeah, no, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, I try and probably do it so that you, I don't know the idea being that you give nothing away. I mean, we'll come on to it of just how much it is a game of double bluff. Yeah, with yeah. A, you know, versus the keeper versus the penalty taker of just the psychology behind it. But I try and, as a kid, think of the, the way to not give anything away. But anyway, that would be mine. Have you got one in, in mind yourself? Uh, well, to be honest, my approach would be avoid it at all costs is the honest answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I'm being brutally honest. Uh, yeah, I, I've never taken a competitive penalty in a game before. I think that's genuinely true. I don't think I ever, I ever did. Um, Can't handle I the just, pressure. Yeah, well, yeah, but also I think there's always been people who've been better at it, so I never got asked. But also I just think that it's just such a pressured situation, isn't it? And I think that I've never been a, a prolific goal scorer. But if you're sticking me in the World Cup final and, you know, six other people got injured, so I literally had to take the fifth penalty, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would have to go with an old-fashioned school of thought which I don't do very often when it comes to football but I think I would just put my laces through it and try and whack it as hard as I could you just absolutely web it well I think you can be forgiven for trying to stick stick your foot through it and 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 it not coming off I, I think if I tried to do anything remotely clever and missed in that moment I think I think the option would just have to be blindly hope that 
uh, I get it on target with with a bit of power. But um, you know, I'm sure we'll come to the the what is the best actual way to try and take a penalty in those sort of moments. But yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. Probably go probably go keepers right because it's just a bit easier to wrap your foot around, isn't it? And you know, <laughs> yeah. As He's you can really tell, really relaxed about this. If, if anyone's touting me up as a penalty taker for their football team next season, um, yeah, don't, uh, don't. So yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. You got other. You can offer in other ways, but just not penalty taking. All right, fine. Well, I'm yeah. I'm already thinking of ways why your technique might not be the most optimal one. Oh, I'm, you tease. Yeah, I know. I'm teasing of all all the content for for today's episode. But um, on that note, should we should we crack on with the main bit? I think we absolutely should. So penalties, as we say, and let's unpack it a little bit more closely. And I think, I think hopefully you'd agree, right? I think it's just such a unique part of the game and if you'll excuse the pun it very much is just a straight shootout yeah, between yeah. between goalkeeper and obviously the the penalty taker which is unlike any other sort of situation on a football field it's it's a strange one it's it, I don't know would you agree that it's it's the most lucrative opportunity almost that you, you have to score that you can control obviously in open play you can obviously get it a lot closer to the goal but would you say it's the most lucrative opportunity and that are we giving I guess we're giving the advantage to the penalty taker over the the goalkeeper in in relation to penalties. Yeah, yeah, I think I think absolutely. I I mean it's it's a bit like batting and bowling in cricket, isn't it? Or baseball or something. It's it's the only situation in football that you have. I mean, I know you have one-on-ones sometimes when a striker is running through, but an actual set moment where you're kind of psyching each other out and and you've got and time have, to do you've that. You've got time to think about it and decide what you're going to do in in a non-live situation it's the only situation within the game that's like that, which is obviously why, you know, it's it's so fantastic for so many reasons. Um, I absolutely do think that the advantage is with the taker. Um, I think I'd be right in saying you're never really annoyed at a keeper if they concede a penalty, are you? You're not, you don't, you don't really ever think, oh, I can't believe they let that in. Mm. But if a taker misses their opportunity, it's very much if they go wide or if they get it saved, because of a feeble effort or something, you're very much straight away thinking they should have scored that. So yeah, I absolutely think that it is uh, in the takers' hands because they've got so many more options as well, haven't they? they? They're in control of what they are going to do. The keeper has to just be reactive, really. There's only so much a keeper can do. But also, I would, I mean, I don't actually know the xG value. Get into the uh, yeah, hmm. always comes of, back to expected goals. Yeah, put a bit of analytic seasoning on there. Um, I don't actually know what the xG value is for. A penalty kick, which I'm sure you've told me before in episodes. Uh, apologies in advance, but I- I'm guessing it's very high. I'm sure you can tell me what that is, but I would imagine it uh, sort of backs up the thought that you know the advantage is with the taker. Yeah, no, absolutely does, and I, I suppose as with anything, it depends on the the model that's used and obviously the data provider and things like that. But on average, the the xG for a penalty is, I think specifically, I, I've been told this it was point. Seven six, but oh, wow. in the region of not you know not point seven five that there or thereabouts. So three out of four penalties essentially are um, are scored. So as you say, yeah, the the advantage very much with the with the penalty taker. They are more likely to score than not. Um, but it is an interesting one. Do you know what? Actually, in a, in an episode gone by, we spoke about um, unpopular opinions, and I've been thinking about this ahead of this episode. I don't know whether you agree, but because the the advantage is so with the penalty taker. Would it not be, because obviously the goalkeeper has to stay on their line, so they have mm-hmm. to be very reactive, as you say. They're very limited in what they can do, and it goes against what they would normally be able to do. That, what, I don't know, what do you think to this for an unpopular opinion? That 
the the penalty taker the minute they take their first step the keeper can like charge them down they can come off their line oh okay that's might, an interesting point i don't know what do you think like would it almost tip the the scales a little bit so that it, it might then inform it, you know then the penalty taker has to take a take a step back that's excuse the pun but to has to then think about it a little bit and be like okay because you could really have a 10 yard run up and absolutely blast it and you the, you know the keeper's just got to wait on their line yeah versus if you then have to think about you know fewer steps taken you've got to think about power placement and the keeper can just charge you down and almost treat it as a one-on-one situation that's really interesting really interesting yeah i i totally see what you mean because i think i i think it's unfair the keeper is rooted to the spot just from an agility point of view and been sort of stuck it's it's hard enough anyway isn't it if if someone's running up at full pace to absolutely leather it as hard as they can into the corner i mean i think i read somewhere that the average penalty or or something around around these lines is about half a second you know the ball from traveling from the spot into the goal right the keeper's got half a second really to 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 get across which is nothing is it yeah um so it's hard enough anyway if they're if they're absolutely rooted flat-footed on their line whereas as you say the advantage even just from a law's point of view is with the the taker who can come at it from whatever angle they want take as big a run-up as they want um but <laughs> if it was if you were to ask some wenger style try and introduce a new rule regarding this <laughs> if if they could as soon as the taker steps off their, you know, off their mark, if the keeper could run out and just like charge it down, like, you know, in rugby, when they take a conversion, yeah. the, pe- the people could yeah, just that. run with their arms up to block it. Like, I don't know what kind of penalties we'd then be seeing. But yeah, it'd be interesting. What would you do? Because then the keeper would massively close down the angle, wouldn't they? Yeah, um, exactly. But that's what I mean. Then it just, it, it will make the XG value go down. But then it brings a little bit more of, a bit more kind of doubt to whether it's actually going to go in. I, yeah, it, it might be a, a bit, premature to suggest that but I, I don't know it just could be something that's a little bit more exciting because I just think it is unnatural as you say they've got to stay on their line and they have they're basically just got a shot more often than not blasted at them well all they can do is kind to... of just stand there and their only weapon really is to psych them out isn't it and to stare and to you know try and sort of put them off by giving them evils or something in the large group. that's <laughs> that's the only advantage that well, they it, really have yeah it, it is and you know, if you talk about Sunday league and stuff. Like it is pretty much down to the the psychology of it and who's gonna, yeah, who's gonna blink first and responding in that way. I suppose the higher up you go, and it's not even going really high, that you can do some level of analysis. I mean, you know, obviously this podcast mm. is about analytics, but just simple video analysis to know that you know you're coming up against this team. Who's their penalty taker? Where is their five most recent? penalties gone have they gone to the left right does do they rotate between left and right every other penalty whatever it might be I almost feel that there's not that there's no excuse for goalkeepers now but they do have this ability now to be able to do that and and don't get me wrong a lot of them do Um, and that's you know it evens things out a little bit and the goalkeeping coaches will will feed the information to them and they'll they'll work on that in the week it's not suggesting that they don't but in years gone by you might not have had access to that talking decades ago whereas you know, in the even in the context of video, yeah, you can easily do that. But even so, here's the point though. So if I knew, so you're the goalkeeper, and you know when you play me at the weekend, if we get a penalty, I'm going to be the designated penalty taker. So I know that you've done your homework, and I know yeah. that you might know that I've taken. You don't know they know they know we know. know. It's a bit of that, isn't it? But I know that you have seen that I potentially have gone four times out of five to the left. 
So I might be even thinking, well, okay, maybe they're expecting me to go left and they're going to dive. So I'm going to go right. It's still within my control, isn't it? And my power to decide what I'm going to do. So, so as much research as you as the goalkeeper can do, I still think it's a disadvantage because I can be calling bluffs right, left and centre and seeing what happens, really. Yeah, but yeah. But then I counter that by saying that then that the penalty taker can then get in their own head for the same reason that you said, that then they doubt themselves to second guess what the keeper then thinks they're going to do. And they might do something that is unnatural. I know that, you know, footballers are a creature of habit often that they, they might be like, well, now I've got to go against what I'd normally do simply because the goalkeeper might know. So it's just, I, I just think it is a, a game of psychology. Um, and it's a really interesting one at that. It's quite pure in that respect where mm. there's just not the speed of the game. It's, you know, penalties to a greater or lesser extent are the same now as they were 50 years ago. It's a ball on a spot. It's a keeper versus a penalty taker. It's, there's nothing's changed in that regard. But then there's new techniques that have changed, obviously. That's where things are, are different. You're seeing new things all the time. Maybe my idea might be another thing that could then lead to new techniques of, you know, the keepers <laughs> coming out. But um, I think there's, yeah, the, trying to get an edge however way you can by... You know, we see it with with Jorginho with his hop, skip, and a jump. I don't know whether he yeah. or Bruno Fernandes did it first, but that's a no, fairly new thing. The um, one Jorginho took against Casper Michael again when they played Leicester uh, last week or whenever it was 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 so casual, wasn't it? Because you could see that Casper Michael was literally waiting as long as he physically could. But but when he when Jorginho got you know painfully slow run but got closer, Schmeichel has to do one thing. He has to. He, he broke he first. Well, I don't know, but he but he broke first, didn't he? He was yeah. the one, and and he literally went uh, half a step to his right, and Jorginho put it to his left, and and he just rolled it in, didn't he? It was it's quite genius when it comes off. I mean, it looks awful, doesn't it, when they do the skip and then they pass it straight out the keeper or something? That's never a good look. But um, yeah, I, I do know what you mean. It's, it, so what what would you do as the keeper though? Would you do you still think they just wait and see? I don't know. I. I... If I if I recall, I think one that Jorginho Jorginho's missed missed a couple, two maybe three. I think one of them was against Liverpool, where you do just literally wait. If you, it, it's difficult because it is a game of bluff again. But if you just really really wait until the last minute, and you know that as he's jumping, you still don't move, then he then has to hit it as he lands down after the jump, and then he then he's got the control. But if you don't give him that control and you still stay still as he's jumping for these sorts of techniques, I'm sure more and more keepers will start to counter it. I was really surprised by that Kasper Schmeichel one because I thought he knows what's going to happen. We all know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. Yet still, it works, which I suppose is why it's such a, a great penalty technique because no yeah, matter yeah. how much you know what's going to happen, it still does work. And it, it's only the slightest movement, isn't it, from the keeper because they obviously need to push off to to go left or right. And once they've got once they've gone one way, they, they, it's just so hard to get back, isn't it, the other way. So, yeah. You say that though, but the one of the best penalty takers to have graced the Premier League, Matt Letizier, I think he's he's only he only ever missed one penalty. Um, and I was reading something recently about him missing that one penalty. And it was mm. from the keeper kind of double bluffing him or second guessing him, I suppose, where he said that normally he will just, as he's about to strike it, he just does a little look up to see where the keeper's going, where they're going to push off, where they're leaning, all these small, yeah, really yeah. small gains. I suppose from the keeper's perspective, it's it's very much the same of, you know, where where the player might be looking in, in the goal or where their body shape is and stuff and trying to just work out based on really small details yeah. where each one might go. And he said that it was the, the goalkeeper, Mark Crossley, that he went, I think he double bluffed him, he went to go to his left. So Letizia thought, okay, well, I'm going to go to the keeper's right. Yeah. 
and then I think he just he checked back very quickly, knowing full well that right. he'd already made his decision to do the opposite, if that makes sense. And he called his bluff, and that was the only time that he missed. So things like that, you know, you just think you've got to try and call their bluff in some way, put them off, do a, you know, a Bruce Grobelar is the, is the famous example, obviously, yeah, against yeah. Roma, spaghetti legs and Jersey Dude yeah. deck messing around. You've got to do something to try and get in the, the, the penalty taker's head because the advantage is with them, as we spoke about. Absolutely. So here's a question. I'm going to, again, put you in the frame of mind of it's Mark Carey in the World Cup final. This time, though, you're the goalkeeper. Surely the worst type of penalty for a goalkeeper, in my opinion, this is what I'm going to ask you, but is to face one of absolute power. You know, like, you know, when Harry Kane takes a penalty, he just absolutely takes the skin off it, doesn't he? And he, and he, and he completely leathers it every single time. In, in my mind, even though I can try and be as prepared as possible, if someone's hitting it with that much pace, that accurately, that powerful, that I think that's the worst thing I would like to face. If you were the goalkeeper, what, what do you think is the worst type of penalty to try and be up against? Mm, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think it's tough. I, w- I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to save any of them, to be honest. I certainly wouldn't <laughs> want to save one that's, that's blasted. I suppose with Harry Kane's one, he blasts it, but he does still have a real element of control. And that's because he's obviously... Yeah an elite striker, an elite striker of the ball as well as that. So there's that element to it. But when when you're saying about kind of blasting it, I think that's an interesting one. And that kind of brings me on to, I was waiting to say it before when you said you would just blast it if you had the opportunity yeah, to yeah. just put your laces through it. Almost as if you're saying that you've got no worry about the control over the ball. You're just trying to get it on target, keep your head down and just make sure it goes in sort of thing. And it's an interesting one because piece of research that, that I was looking up before this episode was uh, they, they did a piece of research which looked at 130 penalties across the World Cup and the Champions League um, in recent years. And they basically explained, as you would imagine, it makes sense that there's this trade-off between the likelihood of scoring and yeah. the power of the shot. So it's almost like if you if you get it right and you blast it, then it's it's got a high probability of going in. But you've then got more likelihood of it missing the target altogether because you're lacking that control. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you are kind of placing it, you're more likely to get on target because you've got that control over it. But then you've probably then got a higher likelihood of it being saved. So for example, they said that if you hit the power of the shot at 100% at your maximum, okay, you've got a 63% chance of scoring, which is okay. pretty high. Yeah, yeah. But you've also got a 31% chance of missing the target altogether. Now, if you were to do it at half power almost you've actually got less chance of scoring because the keeper can obviously guess right and maybe has a bit more time to be able to get across you've only got a 47 percent chance of scoring but as i say that that likelihood of it being saved actually goes yeah. up to 53 percent yeah so okay i'm just saying there's the trade-off between you know control placement um again and all of this getting in your own head as well just to be like am i going to just web it and then hope yeah, that it, yeah. hope that it does go in the top corner but then you know, as you and I know, it doesn't always go to plan like that. So you've got to maybe <laughs> strike it. Well, maybe it's a question then more of what's the worst way to miss? Because, you know, if I'm guaranteed to get it on target with my 50% strike, but it's going to be a little bit timid, you know, <laughs> can I be forgiven more for trying to absolutely blast it and stick it in the top corner with, with power, knowing that I'm, you know, desperately trying to score will, will the fans forgive me if I miss it by trying to do that I mean surely the worst way to miss as we've seen a couple of times this season is if you try and go for the Penenka and you um <laughs> I mean for listeners who I'm sure everyone knows what a Penenka is but when, when they just when they run up to the ball and then they try and just 
softly dink it through the middle. Uh, we saw them with Aguero this season and Lookman uh, of Fulham. Both times they tried to be cheeky and Penenka it. <laughs> Both times it just sort of fell into the keeper's arms. I think even, was it Mendy? I think went went one way first. And then yeah. it was so, against Aguero, the, the shot was so weak. He actually managed to come back and just put a hand out and stop it. So surely that's way more embarrassing, even though he got it on target, you know? Yeah, and it, it's something I, I, I do want to come on to in a bit in terms of that decision making as well, which informs that. Where from a keeper's perspective as well, you don't want to, I, I think I'm kind of answering your question here, but you don't want to do nothing by staying still. So you'll often, the keeper will often go to their left or their right because they want yeah. to be shown to trying to save it. Whereas they obviously start in the middle and if they stay in the middle and it, it's, it's slotted in the bottom left-hand corner, then they look a, a bit of an idiot then as well. Yeah, so, they haven't moved, yeah. So then, yeah, but then... You've got to save the Penenka by say, staying still, unless it is painfully slow that you can go to your left, get up, probably chest it down and then catch it, as as we saw fairly recently or yeah. similar. Um, so from the keeper's perspective, you want to like die for it. But as you say, from, from the taker's perspective, it can look really bad. And you would almost, as you say, you'd rather miss with a bit of dignity rather than miss knowing full well that you could have done a bit better. Yeah, yeah. But then when they come off, Oh, when Penenka's they come off. are the best, aren't they? When they come off, it absolutely pains me to say it, but I think my favourite ever penalty that I've seen, which which is bizarre because it's against England, it was the one Andre Pirlo took at Euro 2012 that knocked us out. And he was the coolest man ever when he ran up to take this penalty. And he just caressed the ball, didn't he? And it was the softest dink and Penenka, but it was perfectly weighted, perfect height, and Joe Hart just had absolutely no idea it was coming. No, nothing in his body shape gave it away, mm-hmm. and uh, it was cool as you like, wasn't it, Dan? Do you remember it, that one? I do, yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I remember he absolutely just bossed the whole game, so he probably yeah, had that yeah. that confidence. I mean, he's, he's the coolest man on the planet anyway. To do it on that occasion, though, Mark, I, I, that's what got me. You know, there's one thing Aguero trying it when they've, you know, pretty much got the league wrapped up, um, and you know they've got a couple of games to get one point or something, but to do it in a in a knockout situation <laughs> when you're already two all on penalties or something, I think they were two all because um, it was Ashley Cole and uh, Ashley Young, or I think who missed the ones after. Um, so, so to just to have the audacity to to do it on that at that level, I think was I think makes it my favourite penalty. That's ever. true, actually. Yeah, all things coming together, it being in a, a major tournament, a knockout. The actual technique itself um, all come together. Yeah, pains me to say it as well, but it's it's got to be up there, isn't it? As the best one. Well, but when you, but as you say, when when they come off, they're pretty spectacular. Have you got a favourite penalty, by the way? Just as a pause. Well, I I ahead of this episode, obviously, you start to think about it, and I one that stuck in my mind, and I had to actually Google the name of the person because it is fairly niche, but it just stuck in my mind from when I was younger. It's, I think it was from two thousand and ten. Um, and this makes me sound like a proper like purist here, but it was a Spanish <laughs> under 19s game. <laughs> oh, oh, so um, niche. And it's, uh, but people probably will recognize it because um, it, it kind of did the rounds at the time, but it's from someone, and you're going to have to forgive me for my phrasing here, but Ezequiel Calvente is the name good. of the person. And that's my best attempt at uh, that Spanish name. Um, and he basically, he went, he, it was as though he was right footed, just took a bit of a left angled as though he was going to hit it with his right foot and 
Thierry Henry was sort of great at this as well, where he goes to kick it and then basically he kicks it with his other foot. So he goes to as though he's going to kick it with his right foot. And just before he does, he, he sort of stubs it with his left foot. And the keeper oh. obviously doesn't know what to do because he hasn't actually seen him swing his right foot to yes. take the kick. And it, everyone just kind of stops and just think, well, what's happened? Well, surely... And the natural response is, surely this has to be taken again because it wasn't it wasn't conventional as a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it was just that he just fooled everyone. He just, yeah, toe-poked it with his left before even swinging his right. And it was in the back of the net. And another example of uh, a penalty where if they come off, that's great. But if he just, you know, if he were to have toe-poked it and it would have gone straight into the keeper's hands. It would have looked horrendous. Horrendous. He would have looked an absolute idiot as well. So it's it's the confidence, the audacity. Um, I'll I'll find the, the link to, to the penalty. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, we, we can include it in the bio as well. I'll show you if you've not seen it. It's it's a brilliant Do you penalty. know what? I wouldn't, I never would have been able to pick it out, you know, of, of a crowd or, uh, of, you know, the name or anything. But I'm fairly sure that there was a video like that that went viral, didn't it? yonks ago but I'm fairly sure I've probably seen it if it is because it was really famous it was so cool yeah uh, it's it's it, a really grainy video actually because it's so old because it's but, so uh, old it's, but it's, it's one of those brilliant. isn't it I mean before we move on to the you know the the analytical half of the episode I uh you know if I've asked you your favorite I've got to ask uh can you remember the worst penalty that you've ever seen do you know what? There's probably there's probably loads and I bet there's loads of these on YouTube and before I even answer um please listeners do send in what you think is the best yes. and worst because I bet there's loads that we've missed and we you know we could spend the whole episode doing that I think you made a good point about the importance of the Pirlo goal as to why that was kind of one of the best ones mm-hmm. and the reason I'd say that one of the worst ones I've seen is as such is probably because it was such an important penalty and it's the Andre Shevchenko miss which and I'm not just saying it as a Liverpool fan obviously but that 2005 penalty where he as a striker you know he was in red hot form at that yeah. sort of stage of his career um he's sort of passed it kind of in the middle it was almost between the left and the middle of the goal it was a really weak penalty it was a good height for the keeper and he needed to score that goal to i think it was just to keep them well it was to keep them in in the final and keep the shootout going and it yeah. was such a weak penalty so for that reason i say that was probably one of the worst ones because there was so much riding on it and it was just a, an awfully taking penalty and for the quality of someone like Shevchenko. And it's that thing again, though, if he'd have tried to absolutely blaze it, he might have been forgiven more than yeah. just taking a really weak effort. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that certainly played into my opinion there as well. Yeah. But yeah. Um, have you got one in mind for a worse penalty? Of, of, I guess, oh, well, uh, it's, it's probably quite an obvious one, but it's <laughs> probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen on a football pitch. <laughs> it's when, um, do you remember ages ago, it was the Invincible side and it was Thierry, you mentioned Henri before, it was Thierry Henri and uh, I think Pires was the one taking course, it. Yeah, do you yeah. remember when he, he Man City, ran yeah. up to the ball? I think they were only 1-0 up, which made it even worse. It was as if they were showing off at 7-0 or something. But I think it, Pires ran up to it and then tried to just be an absolute gobshite and sort of just roll it sideways for Henri to run onto. But he scuffed it with his stud. So the ball barely even moved out the spot. And then Henri sort of just ran past. And he's like, <laughs> you know, he's completely missed the opportunity. They're both looking at each other like, you tool. And they both just missed it. And it was absolutely embarrassing. 
Um, yeah, again, we'll put that in the bio for anyone who hasn't seen. Yeah, dude, that that was another one as well where it was so unconventional that you were like, well, that must be retaken because the, yeah, something yeah. something must have happened there and it was just really odd and I think they just booted it away and then my memory of that is that Danny Mills, it was a hard knock anyway. Yeah. I think he was just in, I think he was in Perez's face or Henri's face, just basically calling them a disgrace you, yeah. in no uncertain terms, which, do you know what, is probably fair enough to, to have that audacity again it's another example where if it comes off, it's great. I remember it was a penalty from uh, Lionel Messi took the penalty, if I if I am not mistaken, and did that same thing, pass it to Luis Suarez, who just slotted it. And again, the keeper I think stopped because he was like almost like you can't do that. that that's not allowed. And of course it was. And I think Suarez yeah. just had like a, a run up that he had the the edge on everyone else and just slotted it. And that it was great. It was genius when it's when it's Messi and Suarez, and then obviously Perez and Henri both at the top of their game at the time, they just had a shocker, didn't they? So for all that reason, yeah, that's that's got to be up there as well. The moral of the story just has to be, if you're going to do it, make sure it comes off, else, yeah, you ain't getting away with that. Back yourself, yeah. Right, Ryan, we've had our fun now. We've spoken about the fun part of penalties. That's enough, now, of, enough of that. Exactly. You know what I want to do. I want to get into the hard, cold facts. I want to get into the <laughs> analytics of penalties. Yeah. Now, I know in our notes that you've already coined this part of the segment, penalytics. And that's my only contribution to this segment. <laughs> <laughs> How proud that's are you? That's all I've that? got. How happy are you with that? Right, yeah. <laughs> Expected pride off the scales. <laughs> right, okay, fine. Well, I mean, before we get into I know that we've we threatened to, to say about it before of what the, the fundamental question of what we want to know is where statistically is the best place to put a penalty. Yes. But before we do, I almost just want to give you a, something that I've just read that I found quite interesting in terms of a bit mm-hmm. of research about penalties. I've obviously, we're trying to answer this question, but I think it just, the point is, like anything really when you're looking at statistics, is that it's not black and white. It's very much dependent on so many other factors. And I found this study that basically said that the penalty success depends on the country that you're in. So they did okay. a, a study that was over almost 1,800 penalties taken across a lot of the European domestic leagues um, over the past few years. And they, they factored in loads of different things, you know, the length of the run-up, the direction of the strike, the type of strike, what foot it was taken with, what the status of the match was at that time. So we've spoken yeah. before about game, game state, state, that sort of thing. The time period, so whether it's in the you know, first minute, the last minute, whatever it might be. And obviously those things factor into... The, the likelihood of the, the goal going in. If there's something, you know, if the, the game is on the line, then there might be more pressure, you know, all these different things. And they said that penalty takers in the Premier League aimed more centrally, whereas okay. penalties were aimed more towards the bottom corners in the in La Liga in Spain. All right. Um, actually, in Spain, the Bundesliga, obviously Germany, and the Italian Serie A as well. So it's taken more centrally in um in the Premier League, which I thought was interesting. So there's just this what what they've called internation variation between these between these different penalty types. So you know, in a, in terms of answering the question on all of this, I guess I'm caveating it by saying that it depends, and we need to pay close attention to the fact that it it depends um, between the different countries, the different leagues, and if you're moving from one league to another as a new signing, as a goalkeeper or a penalty taker, you need to maybe you know factor in what the new league is that you're that you're going into yeah, yeah. and how it differs from your old league. So just a bit of fun there that I thought that would be just something to throw in before we get down into the key question. Quality. So, yeah, as I say, the key question, of course, being where is the best place to put a penalty? Now, before I 
share what I've I've found or what research says, where do you think would be the best place to put a penalty? Ooh, okay. Considering I've never taken one properly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say the best place to put it is one of the bottom corners, probably. Because I'm guessing that, you know, it's it's all about the time that the keeper has to get across that level of distance. So if it's right in the corner, not only have they got to get across, they've also got to get low as well, haven't they? So I'd say that's probably slightly harder for them to do than to reach up. Because I guess if they're jumping, they're already on the way up, aren't they? Does that make sense? Rather than having to get down. It might be absolutely, totally wrong. But that's, no. that's, that's, that's that would be my... Uh, my answer. Yeah, no, that's that's well explained. And they they'd say in commentary, don't they? They say like it was a good height for the keeper, which yeah, probably yeah. goes along with the fact that they are almost diving well across. And by the time they get across, it's yeah, it's perfectly with the height that they're at. So no, that that completely makes sense. And it's not it's not wrong per se. It's just the the research that that I found. It kind of ties into essentially where keepers are most likely to dive for a penalty and then kind yeah. of reverse engineering it to put it where you know that they're least likely to go, if that makes okay. sense. So knowing that the keeper is going to to go more often than not, let's say, down to their left, you know then to not put it down to their left. You put So it we're talking else. about doing our homework again here, are we? Yeah, I guess so. I suppose so, yeah. And obviously looking at it from a research perspective, as I've found some here, on, on mass, you mm. know, across a wider sample, to see where more often than not where keepers tend to go and then yeah, it's the penalty taker you know okay to go there or to not go there i'm i'm flirting with the idea of actually telling you but what i'll do is just share what i've what i found yeah um, and it was a, a recent bit of uh, research which looked at now this is the caveat as well it looked at penalty shootouts so not necessarily penalties taken in you know in league yeah games within the league or mid game yeah yeah um but still really interesting and it looked at penalty shootouts from the world cup and the european championships so the euros obviously from 1976 to 2016, so a wide sample size, but of course there's still fewer games because it's only a, um, every four years, of course. And yeah. essentially what they found was that goalkeepers only remained in the centre of the goal 3% of the time. 3? 3% of the time. So they were more likely to obviously go left or right. And this comes back to what we said before, like goalkeepers don't want to be seen to be doing yes. nothing because then it shows, it, it can embarrass them very easily. So almost always they are likely to dive to their left or right or show some sort of signal to to go left or right so yeah, yeah. i think that's obviously plays into the fact that there's more and more penalties that go down the middle now for that reason and you see harry kane i spoke about him before but i've seen him on multiple occasions almost pass it with a bit of pace just right down the middle with a bit of height as well knowing yeah. that it's going to go the minute the keeper commits themselves enough height is just going to get them um, that, and you know he probably has done his homework in more of a broader sense of what happens. So, yeah, goalkeepers they they only remain in the centre of the goal three percent of the time. Now, of course, if they do remain in the centre somewhat, obviously their legs can still cover the the middle of the goal if they were to dive left or right. Yeah. So for that reason, if you almost split the goal into six: bottom left, top left, bottom middle, top middle, bottom right top right are you with me yeah i've got you i've got you six yeah. i was literally moving my eyes along the goal as you were saying that. yeah i mean that was hard for me <laughs> to even just get out but imagine that there that don't get me wrong you put it in the top corner 
then you've got a really high success rate. But then, as you say, the keeper might also go left or right. So there's that mm. element that they might actually just guess at least the right half of the goal or the right third of the goal in this example. So as I say, they, they rarely stay in the middle. So for that reason, going in the top middle section of the goal is the most yeah. lucrative place to put your penalty. Whether or not you can execute that is obviously another story. Never would have said that in a million years. Yeah. If that's, anything, that's where I thought would be not very good because, as you say, if the keeper just sort of stands still, that's straight into their hands. But as you say, they they, they statistically uh, in this research uh, just don't stay in the middle. So exactly, yeah. So it's it's playing up to that. And do you know what that means? Do more penenkas because it genuinely statistically is if you if you do it right, as we keep saying, if you do it right, that actually is the best place to put it. But then it's obviously the pace comes into it, all those sorts of things as well. So if you put a bit of pace on it in the middle of the goal, as we have seen more and more penalty takers do, that is, um, as I say, driven by the numbers, the best place to put your penalty. This could go round and round and round because I I absolutely, totally agree and love it. But immediately I'm just visualising me taking a penalty and chipping it straight into the keeper's arms. But... It, that's the beauty of this chat that you know we could keep going basically but yeah. yeah that's really interesting i never would have said in a million years statistically going top middle was was the best exactly and obviously flipping on its head where for the keeper is the best place to like how how do you best save a penalty in theory it's to do nothing at all as we've spoken about is to mad try and yeah just stay big and to yeah, as I say, there's so many other factors as to why it may or may not be the, the best place, but it's just uh, driven by the, the sample size that we've gone by. But an interesting one, I think. Obviously, you know, all the Premier League managers listen to the Football Fanalytics podcast. <laughs> so next season, when penalties are coming in right, left and centre because of VAR, and we see uh, all the goalkeepers just standing in the middle, arms wide open, <laughs> not moving... You're going to know, mate, that they've listened to the second half of this episode and they'll be like, Mark Carey says, stay strong, stay in the middle. <laughs> stay strong, stay in the middle. Yeah, Stand firm. I, it's funny though, obviously, a lot of the episodes that we've done previously where it's been a, on a certain topic, I do look out for the things that we talk about a little bit more yeah. than in the subsequent game. So I'm going to look out for it a little bit more just to see what the keeper's techniques are um, in the games. You know, It's nothing new that I'm, I'm explaining here. It's obviously driven by research that's already out there. But yeah, a fun one. And it, we eventually came to the answer that that is Quality the best mate. place. Bravo. Love that. So there you have it. Yeah, it wouldn't be a fanalytics episode if there wasn't numbers to be spoken about. So thank you, as always, for indulging me there, Ryan. And, uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. I think that brings us to a close. Um, this is one, this is an episode which... You know, we really encourage people to get in contact and share what they think as the the best penalties they've seen, the worst penalties they've seen, their penalty of choice, how would they approach it, and you know any other things that they found themselves. So please get in contact, everyone. And that was my segue into saying that you know how to do this now. Hopefully, <laughs> you can contact us, of course, at fanalytics.pod@gmail.com. Yeah, I'm getting a dab hand at this, <laughs> or at fanalyticspod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, please do get in contact with us. We always love hearing from you. Uh, And yeah, let's wrap it up there. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. And we will see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.